podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a very, very special Media Matters show. Um, yes, you can hear me on the airwaves again. It's been a while since I've been around, but as soon as the signing starts to bubble, you know, there's a transfer story, you know, I'm back, back with a bang. And I have an absolutely brilliant guest who has been on AI Pro before and I'm feeling this before. Um, it's Simon Edwards. I'm joined and, you know, he's a South American football journalist, an expert in my eyes, senior writer for the Libertadores and the Sud Americana. Welcome back to Anfield Index, Simon. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. Looking forward to seeing Colombia play later. Obviously, Luis Diaz is going to be involved as well over here in Medellin. Everyone's very excited. Colombia haven't scored a goal since last September in a competitive game. <laughs> so we're hoping Luis Diaz has the business today to get us over the line to the World Cup or bring us closer. Superb. It's going to be interesting to see um, how he does. And I think every Liverpool fan is like going to be staying up to watch that now. Friday night, perfect timing as well to play and, uh, you know, whet the appetite. So Liverpool, as Simon has said, on the verge of signing Luis Diaz from Porto for a deal with 60 million euros, which is, um, you know, 45 million of it guaranteed as part of the deal around 37 million pounds. Quite cheap, if you ask me. And then 15 million euros in add-ons to make it the 60. I mean, what a great deal this is. I mean, apparently Porto, Simon, were desperate to keep him on loan until the end of the season with a loan back. But that doesn't look likely. I Just before we get into the story of Luis Diaz, which with you know after talking to you sounds incredible, we'll get into that. But some reaction, really, with with this breaking, how did you react to it when you heard about it? Yeah, look, I mean, it's been clear for a while that Luis Diaz is going to have another move up from Porto. Now, we know Porto are always tough negotiators. They don't let their top talents go cheaply. They do some excellent scouting in South America. They identify, particularly Colombians. We look at James Rodriguez in the past, Falcao, Guarín. They've brought across a lot of very good Colombians, but they don't like to let them go cheap. You know, we saw Hulk stay there for a number of years. It was never going to be a cheap deal to let him go. And obviously, he's a very, very talented player. Um, it felt like the Premier League was the obvious next step in terms of a league that can afford, you know, they were talking about going up to his release clause, which I believe is 80. Obviously, Liverpool have got a bit of a deal in that regard. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm very happy. And, you know, I, you know, there was talk of Tottenham, there was talk of Newcastle. Uh, now, obviously, the benefit there is he'll, he'll come in and be a guaranteed first team starter. Liverpool, obviously, very competitive in those wide areas, but I think he's got the ability to have a huge impact. He's fearless. He's absolutely fearless. Uh, and I think he's going to be one the fans really enjoy watching because he, he does some things like I don't see anyone else doing. So you're going to enjoy him. 
Mate, I've and the only thing I can do is obviously go by the the the, the games against Liverpool this season, and then the some of the, the the clips that the fans are sharing now on social media in our Discord server, and he looks incredible. Honestly, I mean, you only get to see the 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 best bits, don't you, of a player when you do that? So it's not the best scouting, but that's why we brought you on to tell us more about him. But exactly right. It just seems such um, an unbelievable player, to be honest. And some of the goals he scored in the last few, well, in the last year or so have been incredible. So he fits that mold of uh, pulling something special out the hat at Anfield. Um, that'll be, that'll be great. But so let's um, move on to his background. Then I think um, there's a really good story to tell here from what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, Luis Diaz is born in La Guajira, which is a region of Colombia up on the Caribbean coast. Um, it's along the border towards Venezuela. It's an area which is a high uh, indigenous population. Most of the people from that region are indigenous or partly indigenous backgrounds. Um, it's an area of Colombia that's very poor, doesn't get much investment. Uh, obviously, the indigenous communities find it very difficult. There's some you know, some big mining industries over there. And Luis Diaz was actually born in a, in a village, in a settlement just outside a mining town. You know, he's 100, 100 kilometers from the nearest town, which isn't even particularly big, uh, in a region that's, you know, generally, you know, kind of underdeveloped and doesn't receive the support from the government. So he grew up in very difficult situations. Uh, very few players. And then there's talented players in that region, but it's not a region that's heavily scouted. So... His chances of becoming a footballer were very slim, as was Luis Diaz physically. So by 17 years old, <laughs> yeah. So at 17 years old, he's he's living in a village near a mine. Uh, he's severely underweight. Um, his physical development's been stunted by by the poverty that he's living in. You know, there's no television. There's you know very little connection to the outside world. Every night, he listens to his grandma telling stories. He eats goat for pretty much every meal. Um, and, you know, there, there seems very little hope for him to do anything remarkable in his life. You know, he's going to be a part of his community. His family runs a football team. He's going to kick a ball about, but he's 17 years old, right? He's massively underweight. He's in the middle of nowhere in a village. He's, you know, the chance of him becoming a professional footballer are close to zero. So what happens is his family runs this little, you know, football club in the, in the village. Uh, dusty pitches, you know, it's, it's nothing professional. It's no way to kind of develop someone into become a professional footballer. You know, he learns this improvisation. He's, he's used to uh, dealing with dodgy pitches and getting kicked up in the air by the, you know, the bigger guys in the village. Um, but this isn't a, pre- you know, professional development of a, of a young player. Uh, so, you know, there's no chance he becomes a professional. What happens is uh, his family gets a message saying, oh, you know, Colombia is going to put together a team to go and play in this, this Copa America of indigenous people. Now, you know, we're, we're scanning, you know, around the indigenous areas, looking for some, some kids who can come and play, some guys who can come and play. This tournament isn't like a high level professional tournament. No one's expecting anyone to come out of this and become professional. Maybe you get one guy who can, you know, you know who, who plays a few games, whatever, like they're not looking for talent. Uh, Carlos Valderrama, you know, the Colombian great with the big hair, um, he's involved in this team kind of more as like a figurehead, you know, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's a nice project. So I'll, I'll go with the team. I'll give them some training sessions or whatever. And, you know, so 
Luis Diaz gets brought over to Bogota for this trial, and they're looking at him. And they're saying that, you know, yeah, thanks for coming, but this kid is like bony. You know, his his, his little knees like he's not going to really be able to help us out. But we'll let him train, and obviously he gets on the ball and he's amazing, right? But he never passes the ball, obviously. <laughs> you know, but he's come from playing. Baseball. Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know the basics or the easy stuff. He just he wants to run with it. Exactly. So he gets on the ball, but he's and he's brilliant. But he's he's got no professional background. He's massively underweight. So you know, still the chances are slim, right? So he goes to Chile. Is one of the star players. We think top scorer playing in midfield. He comes back. Valderrama takes him on trial. To Junior, which one of the big clubs in Colombia, his former club on the, the Caribbean coast. He he impresses, they like him, but they say, look, he's 10 kilograms underweight. He needs to add 10 kilograms or we cannot put him on the pitch. Like, he's just not going to be able to physically do it. What? So he's, he's eating rice for breakfast, you know. He's, oh, my God. But it's 10 kilograms on over the next few months. Um, he goes on loan. Well, he, he moves to the affiliate of Junior, which is a second division team called Barranquilla Football Club. 2017 goes to junior. 2018, he get an offer from Cardiff City, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, and then 2019, he goes to Porto and then obviously, you know, smashes That's it. That's really interesting. So in Cardiff, he got an offer. So he just, did he know that it just wasn't right? Or, you know, normally. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, that's interesting. At this point, the club had received an offer from River Plate um, and then Cardiff came in and were interested. And this is Cardiff. It would have been a significant move for Cardiff. We're talking like seven or eight million pounds. Um, now, obviously, you know, it would have been a good investment looking at what's happened since. Um, but, you know, they were waiting for the right option. And I think Porto was probably the best place for him to go. You know, a, a team that's very, very strong, dominates games, attacking football. Um, good history of bringing through top Colombians. I suppose the, the, language, the language as well, though, isn't it? It's settle in quicker. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously Portuguese, but it is. It is more similar, uh, and there is hmm. some more cultural connections. And they've obviously have a lot of Spanish speakers. So I think it was the right move in the end. You know, Cardiff fans might be kicking themselves today, um, but I think it was a sensible move. And look, I mean, to, to show how far he's come, twenty twenty one, he was top goal scorer at the Copa America alongside Lionel Messi, and some of the goals in that tournament were ridiculous. So he's come so far so quickly. But it, for me, just his background and story is like a real kind of inspiration like yeah, I don't think there are many in his situation who would ever have that opportunity all the talent was there but it shows you that talent isn't enough you know had that call not come had that trial not come you know there's he would be living in in La Guajira struggling to to survive basically so, you know what Simon you know amazing. what the incredible thing about this story is obviously it's it's amazing what he's gone through to get to where he is and if he and once this move is finalized it's going to be a dream for him but what i'm connecting through the recruitment is that there's similar stories like this probably not as um you know um he's come from a really poor background you know as in like this is probably proper hard work but there were similar stories for mo mane and van dyke you know in there when they talk about how they trained and what they used to do to travel to go to football hours on end to get to a game and cycling and you know crazy things that they would have to do to just play football and it kind of strikes uh, you know accord with me to say that Liverpool when they recruit they kind of go for the players that actually have had to go through those hard knocks you know had to go through those brick walls to get to where they are because 
They know how hungry they are. And I suppose, does that come across with Luis Diaz as well, that the hunger is there, you know? I mean, there were players who from like 13 year old years old are in professional clubs, right? And they're dealing with the pressures of that. Every single step is, you're going to be a superstar. You're going to be a superstar. You've got to do this. You've got to go, you know, there's that pressure. With Luis Diaz, playing a professional football career, football game is, is like a miracle. Like everything is a bonus, to be honest. Like if he'd had a career in the Colombian second division, then he would be the great achiever of that region. You know what I mean? Like he would be a superstar to, to just be able to play professional football. So it does feel that there is real fearlessness in what he does. You know what I mean? Like he's, he hasn't come up dealing with the pressures and the expectations. He's just <laughs> been brilliant at football and he's made the absolute most of this opportunity he's had. And also, yeah, I mean, if you look at him, what you would say is he is fearless. Like that is such a important quality for a, for a winger with pace and dribbling ability. Like you don't want someone who is playing within themselves. And I think that that background, that lack of formal professional uh, kind of grounding means that he's more likely to take those risks and improvise and be creative and get those shots off the edge of the box. So uh, I think I think you're right. I think that, that background has made him humble, but it's also made him fearless because everything that comes in his career is is a complete bonus. You know what I mean? Like this This wasn't supposed to be possible for someone who's 17 years old and living in a village in the middle of nowhere who's barely seen, you know, he's never seen like a foreign person in his life. He's never seen you know, a, a three-story building in his life. You know what I mean? We're talking about the yeah, middle of nowhere. Proper poverty, yeah, yeah. So to, to, to come in and have these opportunities, like he has completely taken full advantage and it doesn't phase him. You know what I mean? Like he's not like a, he's not a big superstar. He's not like, a, there's no arrogance at all to that. You know, he's just like, well, I just, I just go play football. You know what I mean? And as I say, he played that Copa America, top goal scorer, scored goal of the tournament and an incredible bicycle kick. Amazing performance, star style of the tournament. And as soon as he gets back to Colombia, he's off to his village to have a kickabout. And there's video of him, you know, skinning all the all the local guys, flicking over their heads, and he's mm. he's playing again on those same fields. So I think you're getting a humble, hungry young man. We saw that, and we just um, we retweeted that because you shared that tweet with us, and uh, we tweet that on Anfield Index and on my own personal account as well. Love that. Love seeing things like stories like that again. You. The humbleness is is unbelievable. I think again, it comes down to Liverpool's recruitment. They try and go for that no dickhead policy, and uh, we had a few we had a few questions around this before we go to his um you know strengths and stuff, weaknesses, and how he plays football. There were some things about his personality that people wanted to know from our subscribers. I'm gonna bring their questions in here quickly because it's a good time where we're speaking about it. So, um, uh, I'll just rattle three of them off, and I think you'll cover them all in one go. So, old King Cole said, um, "What's his personality mentality?" Like you've mentioned some of that. Uh, Steve B.A. said, is he a gnarly shithouse type player who puts winning over morals uh, on the pitch? That is, obviously. And Ash says, um, you know, any any idea if he speaks English? Also, any insight on his personality? Is he loud or quiet? Is he a shithouse? A lot of people love that word, don't they? Shithouse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, he's Probably not, Suarez he's... is left a mark on us, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> no, no, he's, 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 not, he's not got that Suarez... Hirakia, that, that that Uruguayan stuff. What he's got is look when you're a, when you're a skillful player in Colombia, what what you do is you get kicked, right? So he's used to, like some people will talk about ah, oh, but these South Americans are they going to be able to deal with the physicality of the Premier League? 
like mate, play a street game in Colombia and see get kicked up in the air, or go and play in the Copa Libertadores <laughs> and you know get get things thrown at you and have like you know dealing with difficult environments will not be an issue. You know, uh, is going to face a you know a bit more cold than he would have had in Portugal, I imagine. Although I'm sure there's parts of Portugal that are a bit chilly in the winter. You know, he's played European football, Champions League football. I think he'll be okay in that. In terms of his personality, as I say, he's. He's he's not going to be he's not aggressive, but he is fearless. Um, he he puts in a good shift defensively as well. At times, Colombia, for example, recently been playing a four four two, and he's been playing on the left midfield. So what that requires is a lot more tracking back, covering the fullback. Colombia at times have have played kind of quite deep four four two with two strikers up, and he's been the guy transitioning from defence to attack. Um, but he's also been putting in a good shift defensively. What I say about toughness is, as I say, when you're a really tricky guy who can do ridiculous skills, you're going to get kicked a lot. Uh, and what I mean by toughness is he'll take the kick. And if, and if there's a defender who's trying to get the ball off him and maybe nibbling at the ankles, you know, give him a few kicks in the back, some a bit of an elbow, like rather than go down looking for the foul. Now, obviously, he's a player who gets a lot of fouls because he's rapid and really tricky, but he won't go down looking for the foul. He'll like kind of play into that like go on then go on try again try again try again you know what I mean when when you're kind of shielding the ball and getting those kicks you know he's definitely one who stands up to it uh, and despite being you know still a very lean guy um mm. he's he's tough and he's surprisingly kind of strong as well uses his body well um but yeah he's definitely tough he's quite quiet he likes it likes a bit of a dance a bit of champeta oh, um, nice. There's some videos in dancing now, which is the music from the, the Caribbean coast in Colombia. Each region of Colombia has very different music. And uh, I can't really describe Champeta, but uh, maybe I'll send you a link of him doing some Champeta, Champeta dance and you can have a quick yes, look at please. that as well. He's got, he's got some moves. Um, but he's, he's quite quiet, um, but he's, he's quietly confident. Uh, very professional. Uh, I, I don't expect much shithousery, but I think he'll, he'll take it and he'll definitely put in a good shift as well and get stuck in. So Ashraf Hall said, any idea if he speaks uh, English, do you think? It, it, probably not at the moment or? Unlikely, unlikely. He's probably yeah. got a bit of Portuguese now. And, you know, I'm sure his agent is, has kind of helped him get a few words here and there. But, you know, I, I imagine he'll be relying on the Spanish. Uh, and he's going to be fine. He's got some Brazilians there and uh, he's got Porto Jota J- 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 there as well. And also, I think a lot of the, um, some of the I'm not sure, the staff maybe. Um, Tafarel's there though, so <laughs> there will be people to help him though at the club, which is good, and I think he'll fit in really well with the Brazilian guys, and they'll probably take him under his, take him under their wing, you know, like they do with a lot of players, which is nice, very nice. Um, okay, so give us some some of his strengths on the field then, in terms of characteristics, other characteristics on the on, rather than personality, but on the ball, what type of stuff do you see is amazing and so great that our you know, subscribers and Liverpool fans would love to hear about. Yeah, so look, he's a, he's an incredible dribbler, both with space to run into, like he'll knock it in front of, him, of himself and, and then run onto it. He'll open up his legs, but also in like reduced space. There's obviously videos going around of him kind of working his way out of the corner, flicking over players, lots of nutmegs, loves a nutmeg. Um, he cuts in from the left-hand side usually. Um, so he's very effective in leading the counter-attack. At the Copa America, Colombia, kind of a depleted squad. They didn't have any like number 10s. Hammers wasn't there. Quintero wasn't available. So there was no playmaker. So Luis Diaz was always the outlet on the left-hand side. Um, so what he offers is great 1v1 dribbling, 
great uh, speed and sustained speed as well. He can run the length of the pitch at pretty much full speed. Uh, and he showed that with a great goal against Argentina again, where, again, he showed his physical ability as well. It was like a long diagonal pass. And he was always, always second, you know, second favourite to reach the ball. But he, he used a combination of his speed and his physicality to kind of brush off and, and get goal side of the defender and then finish from a really tight angle. So he can run in behind. Um, he's also very, very powerful shots. So he'll drift in from the left-hand side and just fire off really, really good long-range efforts. Quite a few of his Champions League goals have come in that way, uh, cutting inside and firing um, across the goalkeeper. Man City, we've seen that one. Everyone's seen the Man City one. Everyone's exactly. so excited about him doing that again, please, this year. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when there's space to work in, and I think if you look at Liverpool as well, you know, with their counter-pressing, their quick counter-attacks, winning the ball, like he's dream, he's the dream option for that. Like with Colombia, when they have someone like Hammers or Quintero, what they'll look to do is like clip passes to the far post and he'll kind of arrive. Um, so he likes it to feet. He likes it running onto through balls. Um, he's also pretty good around the box, working and opening, um, shifting the ball and getting off shots. Uh, so he's, he's decently collective, but what you're, you know, he'll put in a shift, he'll, he'll do his job. Uh, but what you really want him for is those key moments, those, those 1v1 dribbling opportunities, um, that pace running in behind uh, and those shots around the box, uh, plus a, a decent shift defensively. Um, you know, he, he's not going to play any other position than wing. You know, you could play him as a number 10 as well, I suppose. Uh, but I, I, I don't think he, you know, it's going to be left wing predominantly and potentially as well on the right wing when needed. That was a question actually from Ashofor as well. Has he only played left wing in his in his career, and that's where he likes? I mean, from watching the videos, that looks like his preferred position as well. And um, what something that you just said about you know he's good if we're playing counter attack. Obviously, Liverpool are going to be playing a lot of low blocks in the Premier League as well. That a lot of teams want to sit off of us, but he seems to have that magic where he loves a long distance shot and seems to score a lot from long range as well. So. Yeah, those things are game-changing moments are, are key, aren't they, for big teams in, in, in positions like that. And Man City's definitely seem to have a lot more of those at the moment. And so we need we need an extra one of those that can come on or start and, and make a difference. And it looks like Luis Diaz, would you say, is, is something like that? Yeah, look, what you're getting is a player who is like a proper highlight real player. But he combines that with, with an effectiveness. You know what I mean? Like you have players who you absolutely love, like... Tarapt, you know, at QPR with all his nutmegs, all his skills. What an amazing player to watch, right? But then you get to the Premier League and did he have that end product? No. Now, with Luis Diaz, what I would say is his skill and his tricks are always kind of a means to an end. You know what I mean? Like, he's always looking to work that opening or to beat a man and then have an end product. So, I think that's what's so interesting as well, that he can use his invention like if you if you look at the trick he did against Brazil, he's in the corner being marked by Fred and Marquinhos, I think it is. Mm. And there's nowhere to go, right? There's you know, you, you hope for the best, you maybe you win a corner, you win a throw in, and he and he flicks it like three times in about a second, and then a no look pass and he's out is out of the, out of that corner. It's you know, it's it's that invention, but but with a purpose. Like he does it to to win the space, or he does it to beat his man. Um, but he's like driving, driving, driving towards the goal as well. So no, I think I think he's going to be he's going to be a bring the X factor to Liverpool because Liverpool have a great team, like undoubtedly. Um, but 
I think with Luis Diaz, what they'll have is they'll have a forward who can bring the completely unexpected. Like, you know what Liverpool do. Like, stopping Liverpool is not easy, right? Um, they're a top, top team. But you know what gonna, they're going to do. They're going to have that false nine. They're going to have the wingers. Mo Salah's going to be the you know biggest attacking threat. You, you kind of... Stopping them is tricky, but you know what they're going to do. With Luis Diaz, I think what he brings is the unexpected. He can fit that system, but he'll he'll also have the potential to beat three players and fire off a 40-yard strike, which I don't think you get so much elsewhere in the Liverpool team. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that complements what they already have. Amazing, mate. That is exactly the type of stuff we want to hear, to be honest. Um, he sounds like he's just going to be amazing. And another great question that comes in from Nizami here was... What has been the primary difference in uh, Diaz's game over the last 12 months that's led to some of his underlying numbers going supersonic? Yeah, I would say, look, I mean, given his background, the thing with Luis Diaz was always, look, he's amazingly talented, but he's raw, as you would expect. Like, he didn't join a professional club until he was 18. So his development is maybe five, six years behind those around him in terms of that professional experience. So it's always been combining that amazing talent with the outcomes and with the results. So that came over after a year at junior, then suddenly his goals started arriving and then suddenly his assists were up. But it took maybe that year of brilliant, brilliant football, like clearly an excellent player, to the numbers to start kind of catching up with that. And I think it's more just a case of moving to Europe, dealing with a different style of football. So what I would say is, I think it's a learning process. You know, he's mid-20s now, but I think um, he's learned very, very quickly. But it's understandable for any, for any South American player to move to Europe, particularly a player um, who's uh, benefited from the freedom he's been given a junior to then adapt to a new system and have a bit more tactical uh, responsibility and a bit more rigidity in kind of his role. So I think finding that balance between fulfilling the, the tactical roles of the team and also having that, knowing when he can let himself go and, and kind of take those risks. So I think that's probably the key thing for me. It's been an adaption, I would say. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, he's always had amazing moments. But given as he's settled in, those have become more and more consistent. And his kind of less incredible games are good rather than, you know, slightly, you know, slightly inconsistent at times. So I think it's just a case of consistency confidence settling in tactically and and that experience because he's a 25 year old who's had the professional experience of a 21 year old really um but the talent is crazy and i, and I think he's learned so quickly amazing amazing so two similar questions here from uh, you never walk alone foodie and hugh uh, how do you think Klopp will improve him what areas do you think he has that he needs to work on and um yeah they're both there's hugh asked pretty much the same we're just he needs to improve to take the next step in his career. Because obviously, why they ask that is someone like a Jota came in, jumped up a few levels, someone like a Sadio or Mo, you know, any any kind of um, forward that Liverpool spent on in the last six, well, since Klopp era, uh, that's over the 20, 30 million mark, let's say 30 million range, uh, pounds range, has gone on to do something unbelievable, you know? So they're asking, really, what what do you see in his game where he could go one more step? Yeah, sure. I think, look, decision-making is going to be something that's important um, because 
as I say, I think with Luis Diaz, the careful balance is keeping all of that unpredictability, that instinctive, that inventive side of his game, um, but then also making him an efficient part of what is a very carefully managed system at Liverpool. Now, obviously, there's fluidity in that attack, but there's also clear roles, right? So I think that, for me, is going to be the, the, the balance. Um, he's got all of these great attributes, and it's a case of putting them within the system, keeping all of the things that make him such a special player, but then also refining the raw aspects of his game, um, making him a part of that fluid front three. And again, I think one... You know, Liverpool obviously haven't made a huge number of massive attacking signings. Obviously, you mentioned Jota. But I think with Liverpool, one of their key benefits of this, this front, front three, if, you, if it's been, you know, uh, Mo Salah, Firmino and uh, Mane, is, is the consistency there, right? So I think he's going to have to get in with that group, get used to playing with those guys. Um, but I think for Klopp, the key thing is um, making sure he's the effective, disciplined player off the ball, for example, and that he makes the right decision when he gets on it, um, but then also has the freedom to take those risks at the right moments. So I think look, he's going to, at times, he's going to lose possession when he shouldn't. At, at times, he's going to take risks that perhaps he shouldn't. But I think he's very humble. I think he'll listen. I think he's learned a lot. I think he doesn't come in thinking he knows everything. I think he, he'll come in with a clear idea that he's making a big step up. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, like, what I liked is in the Copa America in 2021, he took responsibility for Colombia. And that for me is, is a big thing. Like when, when, a, when a team needs someone to do something, like who steps up? Colombia didn't have Hammers, they didn't have Falcao, they didn't have kind of the guys you'll probably know best for the Colombian national team. They, they were struggling, they were short. Uh, and people were very pessimistic. And what gave Colombia hope is the emergence of Luis Diaz at that tournament. Because previously for Colombia, he'd had moments, but he'd, he'd lost the ball quite a lot and he'd, he'd made a few mistakes. But then suddenly at the Copa America, everything came together uh, and suddenly he was the leader on the field. He was the guy with the outlet. He was the guy, look, we're pinned back. What are we going to do? Get the ball to Luis Diaz. He'll beat three men and run the ball the length of the pitch. And suddenly we've eased the pressure. Suddenly we've got a throw-in in the attacking third. I think that's what he can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say... He's still got area of his, areas of his games that are raw, but you don't want to refine that too much and take away the magic. Absolutely. No way would they take the magic away either because one thing I know about this, this club and this current regime is that they let the player off, you know, off their, as in give them the freedom that they want to express themselves, which is why someone like Mo Salah is achieving the things that he is, Simon, at the end of the day some of the things he's producing on that football pitch, you know, we never thought he would do. Uh, and if Luis Diaz can do half of what he's done or achieved, <laughs> mate, we're in for a ride. You know what I mean? We're in for an absolute ride. Um, I asked you something when we first were talking on, um, uh, was it WhatsApp or the DMs in Twitter? I don't know which one, but does he remind you of anybody? Does he, because obviously uh, maybe a, a Liverpool player, because obviously people listening to this are little Liverpool fans. They'll, they'll want to see, you know, if he, if he, if he strikes it. I've got one that I've just been watching a lot of the clips and there's one player in our history that he reminded me of. There's a certain body movements that were similar, oh, but. I want to. I want to. I want to know who you. Who you? If if there is, if there isn't, that's fine as well. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, there's. I think his his tricks 
a slightly, you know, make him a different player. Hmm. But if I think of a moment for Liverpool, which reminds me of what Luis Diaz brings, it's that Steve McManaman goal against Celtic at Celtic Holy Park, shit. where he got the ball in the edge of his penalty area, ran the length of the pill, kicked and scored. You know, that's the goal. Mate, that, I will remember watching that as, you know, a youngster growing up. Oh, oh my God. I lost my shit when he scored that goal. That was incredible, wasn't it? It was so incredible. But yeah. I didn't even think of that, you know, because he is quite one of those just runs with the ball, you know, totally. But what I, in the tricks parts and the turns, I saw Luis Suarez. I'll be honest. The turns and some of the, not the flicks and stuff, just the, there were some body movements in there that reminded me and the way he shoots sometimes of, of Suarez. It's not, it's definitely not a like for like comparison. Don't get me wrong. Just when I was watching some of those clips, I saw the hint or that, you know, the, 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 there was something that reminded me of him. And again, we're talking about players here. There are two players that we've mentioned that, I'm sorry, excited the shit out of me. So again, if he's uh, as any good as them or, or gets to 50, 60, 70% of those guys, uh, Liverpool fans, you are, you are going to be in for an absolute treat. And his pace is unbelievable, right? I mean, when I watched the games at... Um, at, uh, um, when I watched the game at Anfield, I just thought the pace was unbelievable. And I can only go, uh, by, by that because that's really the only real game that I've been able to focus on him as in fully watched. Cause I don't watch much Portuguese, Portuguese football, nor do I watch Porto. So I honestly was so impressed by him. And, um, the Porto that night should have scored a couple of goals. Uh, you know, he laid one on a plate for someone. He created a big chance and they missed it. I just remember him just speeding past being put through. Timing of the runs was good. Everything. I mean, we get some of that. We are going to really hurt some opposition teams. And, uh, one last thing from me was. Um, Liverpool predominantly play 4-3-3. Now, I think a lot of fans will want to know, is it just that left-sided position then that we think he's going to be playing and there's nowhere else in that 4-3? And would 4-3-3 suit him as well on the left side? Yeah, 4-3, uh, left-hand side of a 4-3-3 is his perfect position. Like if, if I was to think of a system, that would be it because he had right. that freedom to drift inside. Uh, you can play him on the right. I think if you play him on the right, you take away a little bit of his game because he likes to cut inside and is so effective doing that. Um, that I think you'd, you'd lose a little bit, but he could definitely play on the right. If you, if you were looking for someone to stick crosses into the box, you know, stick him on the right wing. But I think given uh, Liverpool particularly as well have their wingers inverted with the fullbacks overlapping. So 100% uh, left wing is his, his best position. But if you were short on the right wing, then obviously you could do a job, no problem. I just think you take away a, a slight part of his game. In terms of Luis Suarez comparison, yeah, you know, he's, he's fearless. You know, he loves a nutmeg. Luis Suarez was a, a nutmeg <laughs> as well, right? Um, <laughs> but I would say the difference is that, that, that Luis Diaz is very, very lean and agile. Like, yeah. he's so hard to stop. In terms of dribbling, you know, think like Cuadrado in, kind, in terms of his, his stepovers, but then that kind of such a slim build that he can kind of just, like, drift past the player. Like, defenders try and grab him, but they, they like, literally can't get hold of him yeah. because he's so, like, flexible and agile. So it's I think that's the difference, whereas Suarez is, in terms of his dribbling and his, his pace, it's more power, uh, whereas Luis Diaz glides, I would say. He has kind of deceptive strength, uh, and he's wiry, and he's kind of lean, 
Um, but it's, it's really hard to get, get a grab a hold of him. Like a lot of defenders will hate playing against him because, and again, he can go either side as well. He can go on the outside, he can go on the inside. Uh, and he's going to end up winning us a lot of free kicks, isn't he, basically? He's going to yeah. win a lot of love. And his dribbling is, is top notch. He's going to, either he's going to get past them or they're going to take him down, basically, in the Premier League. That's why, it, that's how it goes. They end up winning lots of free, lots of free kicks. And we needed, we need a direct, Dribbler, we haven't seen one for a long time. Like Mo and Mane are good at dribbling; they're good at taking on players. But um, it's it's normally situational for Mo. He'll take a touch; it's a pass. He turns it into a really good touch to get past players. This and that, or it's really tight spaces sometimes for Mo. But um, we could do with someone who likes to just go, you know, standing there, and then the ball comes to him. Right, I'm coming. I'm coming. It's just so exciting as well watching something like that. It's been a long time since we've seen someone just say the first instinct is, right, I'm running at you, mate. And that that brings fear, doesn't it, in the opposition? That brings fear, and that's what you want, that fear, because all of a sudden, he's attracting two or three players. Your other quality forwards, whether that's a Mane, a Jota, or a, or a Salah, are going to have tons of space. Tons of space to put yeah. some goals in. Absolutely. I am so what excited. Say, yeah, what I'd say as well is he's, he's a good passer. Like at junior, he played like as a playmaker at times, like picking passes through the defence. And what happens is when you have that that pace and that that skill, it's like Ronaldinho, you know, like Ronaldinho was so good at dribbling that he got to a certain point in his career where he didn't even need to have need to dribble. You know what I mean? Because the defenders were going nowhere near him. You know, they were giving him five yards because they knew if I if I commit, he goes past me. And it meant that he just could get the ball. He would just look at the defender. The defender would take a step backwards and kind of be like, gone and gone and gone. And then suddenly he's got five yards to pick a pass or, or work a shot or you know, play it off to somebody else. So I think what you're, you, you mentioned Great is right. Deal. That fear creates space, creates opportunities. And at the highest level, when Liverpool are facing a team that at times are going to be packed in, there's going to be limited space. If you need two players to go and stop Luis Diaz, or if your fullback suddenly is not getting anywhere near him because he's terrified of being beaten, then suddenly that gives you the couple of yards you might need to get a shot off or, or get that cross into the box or pull one across. So it definitely is a big asset. And I think he has the, the creativity and the vision to kind of take advantage of that with his passing as well. Do you think he fits into the, the team that they've got really nicely as well in terms of the shape what we've got? So if we had our first team out there and you had a Fabinho, a Thiago in that side, you know, and then you've got Trent and Robert will probably be playing on his side, but a Trent crossfield board, you know, do you think it's, it's, it's something that fits perfectly with, with the style of player he is and the team that we've got? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I think, I think he won't be used to the, the high press and it's going to be those movements, those pressing movements, the, the movements off the ball, which is going to be the, the biggest challenge, obviously, initially. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, going into a system with someone overlapping on the left-hand side and the outside, that freedom to cut inside, that freedom to switch positions as well. You know, if he cuts inside and then maybe uh, the centre forward drifts off to the left and he has that option for the through ball and then he goes onto his right foot. Like, I think that fluid front three is going to complement him well. And as I say, you know, if, if they play a high line, then he'll run in from behind as well. He, he's made that run quite a few times. Um, so you either sit deep and then worry about him getting shots off around the box or you play a high line and he'll just run in behind you, you know? So I think he definitely uh, brings some new solutions to Liverpool in attack. Any weaknesses? Because I heard, I mean, I was reading our chat and one of the guys, I think it's James um, in Discord chat, was saying he was worried about his left foot, very dominant, you know, he was dominant on his right. 
Is there a problem there in terms of he's very, you know, one-footed? Or, I mean, some of the clips I just watched, I was surprised that James saw that because he'd scored a couple of decent goals with his left <laughs> from what I'd watched. Um, to take, you know, he took, he kind of shocked the, or surprised the defender and the, the goalie. But is that something that you notice as well or something you'd, you'd say is one of the weaknesses for him? Yeah, look, I mean, he can, he can fire up a powerful shot with his left foot. He's, he has scored some good left-footed goals. And I think if you play as a left winger for a, for a long period of time, um, you'll you'll get used. You'll you'll work a solution, even if your left foot isn't the strongest. You'll you'll work out how to use your left foot. You know what I mean? Like he'll get he'll he'll have crossed the ball many times with his left foot, and while it may not be massively strong, I think as well with Robertson overlapping on the left, that gives you kind of that solution. Um, yeah, I think that is that is a slight a slight issue. I think in terms of weaknesses, yeah, as I say, mostly defensive, mostly decision making in key moments because. Um, in the Premier League, so much of it is about decision-making. You know, it's so much about sharp passes, um, quick, intense defences, uh, snapping at your heels, that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> I think having those two seasons in at Porto is going to be very, very useful. And I think we'll set him up nicely. He's played against English teams, as you say, in Champions League. Uh, he's played at the very highest level in continental competitions in Europe. So I think all of that helps. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it'll mostly just be a case of fitting into the system, settling in, understanding what he has to do off the ball, understanding the movements. And I think he's still quite raw. Um, despite his age, despite everything he's achieved, I still think he's quite raw. And again, that is a weakness, but also I think shows that there's potential for him to complete, continue improving. You know, I mean, if you look at some of the Premier League players who maybe didn't have that high-level experience. You think of someone like Didier Drogba, I believe, if I'm not wrong, didn't play at a massively high level, then got the move to our top team in France and then went to England. And he peaked like late 20s. Um, so I think, I think the rawness of Luis Diaz is exciting because I think there's still more to come. I, I think he's agree, mate. already one of the best wingers in the world. And I think there's areas of his game where he can refine, decision-making can improve. I think he's going to just get better over the next two or three years. So last one, and uh, this has come from a couple of people in Discord, Saki and Sean Gadu. Um, is he Colombia's biggest talent right now? How important is he to Colombia? Um, they, they obviously, just from an interest point of view, um, what's the view from his, you know, in his country? And also, do you know if, what the reaction's been over there in terms of this move? Yeah, look, people people love the Premier League. People are very excited. Uh, yeah, you'll see lots of teams in Medellin wearing the Liverpool kit now, 100%. Uh, you know, the Sunday League team, you know, like I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if Liverpool are going to see any of that money. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a lot of the teams will get their kits from the from Weckl from downtown. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not sure if they're completely legit. But there'll be Sunday League teams all over Medellin, all over Colombia that are Liverpool from now on, there'll be a lot of Liverpool fans. Uh, in terms of Colombia, yeah, look, Colombia is kind of coming to the end of one generation. Um, and Luis Diaz is kind of the bridge, I would say, between the two. Um, because the likes of Falcao, obviously, now coming towards the end of his career for Colombia, Cuadrado, James, uh, Ospina, these kind of guys uh, who have achieved so much for Colombia, going to two World Cups after a long absence. Um, and now hopefully another one, see how it goes later this afternoon. Um, but I think Luis Diaz is definitely the big hope in terms of bridging those two generations. The other guy is Yasser Espria. Everyone's very excited about him. He's off, he's signed for Watford, an 18 year old. He's kind of the new, the new thing. 
Um, but people people were so happy to see Luis Diaz smash it at the Copa America. He was the kind of the positive news around a Colombia team that looked to be losing its way a little bit. And he really dragged Colombia to the semi-final uh, and they lost on penalties to Argentina. Um, but he was the reason that Colombia got that far in that tournament. So he's definitely seen as probably Colombia's best player uh, alongside Wilmar Barrios, who someone needs to sign. Jesus Christ, he's so good, Wilmar Barrios. But that's maybe another story for another time. Maybe Liverpool will finally <laughs> realise. But that defensive midfielder at St. Petersburg is amazing. But for me, Luis Diaz and Wilmar Barrios are the heart of that Colombia team. Barrios doing the defending, managing things, and Luis Diaz providing the outlet and making things happen. So he's very quickly, before the last summer's Copa America, he was an exciting talent. After the Copa America, he was Colombia's best player in the eyes of Colombians. Superb, mate. That is the type of stuff everyone wants to hear and wants to listen to. And I just want to say a massive thank you to you for giving us your time and uh, coming on and speaking to us about Luis Diaz, who now I believe everybody is even more excited and can't wait to watch. And we're hoping that the deal is concluded this weekend. Or if you're listening to this a little bit later in the week, it's already concluded and uh, he's ready to play against Cardiff next week. And that's quite funny because we've got Cardiff in the FA Cup next Sunday. And (laughs) it could have been the team he was going to go to, but instead he's signing for Liverpool and he could play against them as his debut. That would be... Quite the twist of fate, <laughs> wouldn't it? So, yeah, very interesting. Thank you so much, Simon. And I remember you talking to us about Arroyo, wasn't it, last time? Um, so maybe maybe he can come back because he's been on loan since he joined and because uh, he'll have a friend now. He'll have a compatriot if he does come back. <laughs> but um, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. No, no worries. Thank you. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to be tuning in for more Liverpool games and I'm sure... Liverpool suddenly have a, a whole load of new Colombian fans as well. So you might have to put out some Spanish language content for your new Colombian listeners. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Just about speak English, mate. <laughs> From Wolverhampton, do you know? <laughs> no, we'll, 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 um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll try our best. Thank you so much again, Simon. And to all of those listening, um, if you're listening... On the free side, make sure you do sign up to miss out on the ads. You can get rid of them and uh, join AI program for index.com forward slash join. And to those subscribers who are sticking with us and been with us from the start, thank you so much. We have waited for this for a long time. Since we had all those big signings in that one summer, it went a bit quiet. Uh, we have won some trophies since then, but, 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 but it looks like it's just about to take off again and uh, there could be an exciting six months and then next season as well. So, uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. But Luis Diaz is certainly an exciting prospect, uh, 25 years old, but like uh, Simon said, very raw. So he's going to have some good years ahead of him. So once again, thank you to Simon Edwards. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, Simon Edwards, SAF, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Correct, uh, SAF. So do that. And um, yeah. We'll see you on the next Lewis Diaz show, which will be, I'm sure there's a lot more coming. There's going to be, um, let me let me plug them while I have the chance. I think we've got Tom Kundert on tomorrow, who's Portuguese football expert. who has been watching a lot of Porto and Diaz. So we'll be speaking to him tomorrow. We've got an old school with Marco Lopez, a Benfica fan. So I'm sure he'll be, ve- and Liverpool fan, obviously. He'll be very, very objective about Lewis Diaz. Probably cause them some pain. So um, that'll be really a lot of fun. And Marco returning to old school with me and Dave is a lot of fun. Obviously, he was on the first ever podcast back in 2000 and 
13. Oh my goodness, it's been a long time. And then we have some stats show. The Under Pressure podcast is going to be doing a big deep dive on Luis Diaz. So they'll be coming out with that uh, on the weekend or Monday. And hopefully a fatigue index too, talking about um, some strength and conditioning about Luis as well, which will be very, very interesting. So a lot's coming. Uh, stick with us. Uh, we've been waiting for this. It's perfect timing in a, in a, in an international break where there's no Liverpool games. We can get all this content out for you. Stick with AI Pro. Make sure you go and join the Discord server as well. Amfordindex.com forward slash Discord and support us as much as you can, guys. We really need you right now, especially in this uh, COVID or just coming out of this COVID era. We could do with that help. So yes. Come and support us and uh, we'll keep providing this great service for you. Thanks again to Simon. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.